came up with this sort of cheesy tagline, something we really believe in, though. It's, we want to see the whole church whole again. So, welcome to the Whole Church Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua. We do have our occasional co-host, of here is one, here again, TJ. Wow. And uh, today we have a special guest, Ryan Green. I don't know why, I wanted to say say, I was like, I know this isn't Ryan Say. I've seen Ryan Say more than times. Not Ryan Say. Ryan, Pastor Ryan Green, he uh, was one of my close mentored models in Charleston, and I just can't remember names. I, I need something to blame that on. What do I blame that on? ADHD. That, that, that's too easy. Um, CJ fed me sugar today. Severe ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's uh, just placing right there. <laughs> placing the blame, yeah. That, that, there we go. There we go. Yeah, that's so, not very whole church of me. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, for intro, we can just like to do some like really hard hitting question to start off with. Like um what is your favorite cartoon animal? Mine would be Perry the Platypus. Tiberius? Oh, uh, I didn't expect to be under fire for this. Um do Pokemon count? Yes. Doug Trio. Only only the animal like Pokemon. Like if you would have said Mr. Mime, I wouldn't count. Okay, okay. Doug Trio's fine. That's fine. So favorite cartoon animal. Um I guess uh, just off the top of my head, I remember making a Scooby-Doo out of clay in art in uh, about eighth grade, so maybe Scooby-Doo. That's a good one. Oh, I didn't even think about Scooby-Doo. One year for Halloween, me and my little brother dressed up as Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo, except I was Scrappy-Doo and he was Scooby-Doo. I was at least twice his size. I just thought it was fun. <laughs> going for the irony there. <laughs> oh, it's good stuff. Good stuff. So... We like to kind of establish why people should uh, care about what we're going to talk about. You are, are you still the children director for the state of South Carolina and Church of God of Prophecy? Yes. And also assistant pastor at, what's the, what's the name of the church? Uh, yeah, the associate pastor at East Clemson Christian Fellowship. Now I'm just curious, what's the difference between assistant and associate? Is it the same thing? I have no idea. I don't know very many assistant pastors. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard that term before. What you said, associate. And I was like, by definition, assistant. An assistant is just assisting the pastor. Associate is a whole other pastor, just associated with the main pastor. Right. Well, it and it depends. It's all just depend on the specific church. I've seen. Uh, I've seen churches that had five associate pastors, wow. and they had them an associate pastor to youth, an associate pastor to children's ministry, associate pastor to worship, and that's how they were calling them. Was they said, "Look, he's the lead pastor. These others, they all serve on the same plane, the same field as uh, you know ministry specific." And so it just depends on where you're at. Uh, for me, that means that I oversee media, technology, um, communications. Uh, children's ministry, um, and anything else that comes up. So you're in charge of what the church sees. <laughs> oh, in, goodness. In, in basic terms. The marketing pastor? Uh, <laughs> Director of marketing? Associate oh, pastor. Um, I, I do, yeah, I do handle the website. Um, I don't do all the social media. Um, our lead pastor was already, already had that and had that started. And so he added me so I can just plug some stuff in Wait. from time to time, but. Y'all are near a big college. Excuse y'all like a big college ministry. Is that right? We are near a big college. Yes, Clemson University. Oh, 2019 home. national champions football. So not a real college. Just the bad guys. Right. Just just, yeah. just the one that wins football <laughs> games. Yeah. Um, oh man. So that's yeah. tough. So that's, that's cool. Is that in, does that change the church experience being that close to it? Would you say? It does uh, to some extent. Uh, we are a traditional church. Um, 
But at the same time, we have a passion and a heart for college age ministry. So we do things to uh, connect with the college as far as like uh, Welcome Back Clemson, where they have a big event uh, downtown and we'll have a booth there, get set up, connect, hand out a bunch of free stuff to college kids. Um, our lead pastor, um, Chucky Chandler, he uh, does a young adult Bible study on Tuesday nights. And so he's connecting with them, bringing them in and uh, doing things that we can to help connect with them. And uh, uh, so while we're a traditional church, we still reach out and connect with uh, young people. And sometimes it's a little different because, you know, there's different styles. But uh, um, what it all comes down yeah. to is relationship. So they see that and they like, hey, this is kind of <laughs> cool. I think it sort of touches the surface on one of the main reasons we wanted to have you on the podcast is your unofficial title of was like South Carolina Kogop Tech Guru. Uh, we have a, we are the really smart guy. Traditional. Yes. So some, yep. a lot of our churches kind of also right. are challenged like old in that fashioned. area. Yeah. Yeah. Old fashioned is a much nicer way of thinking mm-hmm. uh, Traditional, I think, is maybe a little bit more. Uh, a nicer way of putting it, but, uh, but yeah. And so, um, yeah, I found out that, uh, I do, yes, I'm in charge of some stuff. Um, it's, I don't know the exact, I probably should know my title, but it's uh, something to do with media. Um, but yeah, I do manage the website and uh, social media, by the way, I do not keep up with social media anywhere near shape or form that I should. It's just, I understand technology and we knew we wanted to do something with it. So occasionally I'll post and share something, but it's not regular. It's not yeah. what I would encourage or promote and say, hey, do it just like oh, this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, isn't it not an example? Don't, don't be like me. <laughs> I, know, I don't have a number off the top of my head, but isn't it something like 80% of our pastors are over the age of 50 or something like something like that? I would have to look and see. We do have a large number yeah. of our pastors are over the age of 50. Um, definitely. Uh, we see that um, in, in our churches. In South Carolina and even across the U.S. Do we, because I shouldn't say we, have you seen, uh, is there any kind of like struggle with, because we do have so much older leadership and a lot of traditional values, is it a struggle to stay unified to the younger generation of church coming in now? I would say that uh, we do see that, um, but it's getting better. Uh, I mean, if you'd asked me three to five years ago, I'd say, oh yeah, well, we definitely have a struggle. Um but we're starting to recognize and realize um, that first off, they're not here to take our jobs. Uh, that they're not here to push us out of the way. Um, no one knows stuff about pastor jobs is trying to take a pastor job. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but no, um, we're starting to see that, hey, wait a minute. Um, they're different, but they love God just as much. And uh, learning to work together, uh, learning to co- working to cooperate. And that's what I love about um, our local churches, we are, we are literally that. We are a young church and an old church, and we're missing a little bit of the. We have, I'd say we have definitely more seniors than we do young families. We have yeah. more college kids, or as many college kids as we do young families. Mm-hmm. There's like it's, in between. So we age. see this gap that, yeah. that there is. Um, we do have some young families, but just it's probably our lesser area. And so there's kind of this gap. And so young people, you know, they tend to be more um, tech savvy. Uh, but then at the same time, we were able to integrate uh, mobile giving and uh, digital giving where some, um, just slam that door. Uh, <laughs> but uh, as some, you know, kind of like, what? You got to pay fees. What's all this? 
um, real quickly in the first year, they looked at the numbers and they said, yeah, mobile giving is good. We like it. Uh, you know, um, that's how that works. It's like, yeah, we told them, Hey, they don't carry cash, but they carry their phone. They can pay on their phone. They said, yeah. Um, once they found out it worked, yeah, they liked it. And that's one of the things is, uh, uh, we have a church that's open and interested. And when pastors see something, especially, you know, congregations that are more traditional and are older, when they see lives transformed and changed, they become a lot more open to this. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like you can say this is good, but until you show me, how do I know? I have this experience doing this. Show me the the, the, the proof that this is actually viable and working. And uh, we're starting to see some try something different. What's um? Something my dad said not about church, just you know his job. He's a, someone tells me to do something a certain way because you know I'm. I'm clever, but I'm also kind of a smart aleck. Is that, that the nice way to put that? Yep. Yeah. I'll, I'll go with that. Especially growing up, I was like that. <laughs> so he, he would explain. He was like, yeah, my work when I have an issue like what you face all the time, son. He was like, he told me he would uh, do exactly what the boss said to do, but then also do his way and then show the boss both ways. He's like, just so you know, I also did this if you want to compare. <laughs> You just obey people, but you can also do stuff and maybe they'll listen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's one of those things that, uh, um, man, you, you can do so much in building relationships. Uh, just in having that trust and having that um, where they see that, hey, wait a minute. Like, this, this is someone I'm close to. This is someone that uh, I've seen prove themselves over time. If they're saying this, you know what? Let's give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I trust this person in what, what they're doing for the church is a good thing for the church. It's like, uh, it's really nice to see that gap uh, start to close that way through those relationships that people are forming, you know, with the younger people, with the older people, with the pastor. And it just doesn't happen often enough. Well, I think because you're not going to toot your own horn, so I'm just going to. I think a large part of it is there's not enough people who are willing to do that. You know, when young people are saying, oh, I think if we did this, it's good. And the older pastor's done this all the way. He's, I, I think he's more likely to kind of, I, I don't want to say ignore, but not pay as much heed to a young person in the church as much as a pastor who's saying, hey, I've done this. This is what it looks like. And showing him is what Pastor Ryan does a lot of. Well, oh, and looking at one aspect of it. Okay. Um, I don't believe you have to dress a certain way at church. Uh, but you know what I found? Beach clothing is great. Uh, it is when I'm heading to the beach. Oh, but if not, I want to be sure. able to talk to somebody <laughs> and connect with someone that's older, I need to relate to them. And, and so uh, when I go to different churches, I try to find out the congregation. What's their culture like in their church? And then match their culture. Uh, almost even a missionary to that area of, okay, I want to go ahead. If they wear suits and ties, I'm going to wear uh, something pretty close to it. Uh, <laughs> maybe a sport coat with uh, possibly a tie. Um, <laughs> sport coat, pocket square, unbuttoned top. Yeah, but, there we go. But, uh, but no, I'm going to come in and I'm going to do my part to come to some kind of happy medium to say, hey, uh, I'm going to try. Like, and uh, when people try, it's noticeable. Right. I mean, what, what, oh, yeah. Uh, and so I see that. And even with uh, technology, one thing that I found to kind of getting back to that of bridging that gap is I find people that are um, older and more traditional, that are open, connect with them, and then they'll begin to be your advocate 
on that other side. Um, it's all it, just relationships, really. It, it is. I mean, like we have a text group um, in our church with um, uh, there's somebody that's in their late seventies that's on the text group. They yeah, they can text now. <laughs> didn't do it. Not everybody's going to do it, but. Yeah. In this group, uh, we, we connect with them, and when it goes out to leadership, they get it, and they respond, and they found that, hey, wait a minute, this is a quick, viable way to have a conversation with um, five, six people, and we can all just kind of do that at our own time and not having to schedule a meeting, and hey, nice. who doesn't like <laughs> right. avoiding nice. meetings? Yeah, yeah. 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 Once you get the so, convenience across, a lot of people are way more willing to, because that's that, why the texting TV took off. Right. So convenient. It's just so much more convenient than, hey, when are you free? Can we meet at the church here on Wednesday uh, after service? No, I've got to go. Just being able to text like 12 people at once yeah. is insanely convenient. Well, we got the software to record Skype calls because it's just easier to do a Skype call than try to meet in person sometimes. We're seeing that from our international office with uh, webinars and Facebook Live. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, through Kogop uh, uh, website and Facebook page, they're doing one Facebook Live a week, on, pretty I've much. That, that's their a goal. Lot better on their You're seeing, yeah. Their their goal is to do one Facebook Live a week, connecting with a different area of uh, ministry and leadership development, and doing that. And then we do our webinars uh, for children's ministry training, um, about six of those a year. Um, wow. Yeah, that's and great. so they try to do one a month, um, about half the time. And uh, so getting those, we got one coming up at the end of this month, uh, April. Or whenever, yeah. <laughs> but so, uh, um, but yeah. So we have those coming up, and it's been a way to be able to reach out and do training to six hundred people yeah, without having to see any of them, right? Without it, and putting it to where they can watch it on their time because then they're then posted live or as a uh, on demand through live stream, or you can go back to the post on Facebook, watch it there, and yeah. uh, just communicate those ways. Just to it's yeah. reaching more people, so. Just because this is fun for me, I like to try and challenge people. Let me let me paint a train wreck for you. <laughs> I'll, I'll just build a scenario. Um, say someone just gets saved. Okay, their family's lost. They're lost. They know nothing about Jesus, the Church, or anything. They just get saved on fire for God. They're reading through the Bible, and you know they see Jesus loves children. You know, like Jesus has a special heart for children. They're seeing all this stuff, so, so they want to get involved. They go to a local church and. Let's just say it's a very traditional church. Um, a lot of people don't like children's church because, you know, maybe they feel like it's not real church and they're just trying to babysit the kids, not really doing anything. Like so they're almost neglecting the children at the church. They see it's mostly either older generations or really young people and it's very outdated and they just feel like the church isn't even trying to get to them. But they, they want to be a part. They want to do something with kids. They want to do connections. Where do they start in this mess to try and like get the church to be where it needs to be, or can they even? Because you know they just came in. Can they do anything? Do they have a say? Uh, and that is challenging. That is hard because it all does come down to the vision of uh, leadership uh, of the church, the the senior pastor, the lead pastor, and so, so the key thing right, they would have to tear the institution down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, there, there's good things working, and you you work with what you got. But uh, it starts with having conversations. Uh, and that's one thing. Man, we try so many different ways to blast people, this and that, about how to fix stuff. Um, but, man, a meal, a cup of coffee, you start building on these things, you start talking to people. The more you talk to people, the more open we get to be with each other. Yeah. 
Um, the more I know someone, the more I spend time with someone, the more I'm going to listen to them. And uh, I'm not saying, you know, you, you butter them up, but I mean, like, seriously, does that, that works for me, by the way. Um, so anybody in the Clemson area wants to look me up. Um, yeah, yeah, I like coffee. I like food. Um, so, you know, yeah, come see me. But uh, no, seriously, um, it's through those, but you start to see those relationships. And then the thing that they can do is begin to look at, okay, so what's out there? Um, and where are they getting their information to? Of okay, they want to do something with the kids. If they're a new Christian, what's their background? What? How do they know what is good? Um, so the thing they'd want to do is uh, connect with a leader and possibly even connect that pastor with a state children's director or regional children's <laughs> director. Um, you know that kind of thing. But because uh, um, I'm always more than willing to talk to people and connect with people about that. And so um, there's lots of opportunities. Um, to be able to do it. And we even talk at times about leading up, about setting an example and doing those types of things where you can, um, through a relationship, and once again, comes back to that, we begin to encourage and promote and kind of present things. So focus a lot less on the negatives and a lot more on the relationships? Exactly. So, yeah. so um, what's, oh, go ahead. what I've noticed is when it comes to matters that, people want to fix, they they go back to competition or their first go-to is competition instead of cooperation. And uh, when you get that competitive spirit, you know, it's good for a lot of things. Uh, fixing issues within the church is not one of those things. <laughs> you can't be no. directly competing with the head pastor. It's not about you and it's not about the pastor, right? Right. It's about Jesus. And if you're competing with Jesus, you've got a whole other set of problems. You already lost. I mean, you lost. Supposedly, you and the head pastor are just serving the same master, right? Exactly. I, we're on the same team. And that even gets into youth ministries and other ministries. Um, I guess it was about 10 years ago, um, went to a conference and they began talking about silo ministry. And now you'll hear lots of things about silo ministry about how we want to, instead of building up this one ministry here, building up a youth ministry and building up a seniors ministry and a couples ministry, but getting a, a picture that unifies and brings them all together and still having specialized, but make sure they're all on the same page. I talked to a guy um, just yesterday and he said that's what uh, they were doing at their church. Through the last year, they've been evaluating how they each had different business cards that didn't look anything alike. <laughs> they each had logos that didn't look anything alike. And they started realizing, and it wasn't because anybody was out to do their own thing, Bad but they realized they weren't intentional about bringing everybody together, sharing the same vision, and then having that platform to be able to communicate those things where, okay, this is what we want this to look like. And uh, so, yes, it's because then, man, when you're – I've done this before where you're competing to get the same volunteers. You're competing for this. You're competing for that. Uh, but no, we're all on the same team. And so when we come together, work together, we can look and see how can we do these things together to accomplish the bigger well, picture. Reminds me of one of my go-to Bible stories that I probably say too many times. And I think I've said it on a podcast before, but I'll just keep saying it. Where um, Paul and Peter were not really sure about one another. And Paul was kind of getting heavy pressure from the Jerusalem church and his response instead of, Oh, Hey, I could get arrested here and all this different stuff that he knew was a problem and staying away from Jerusalem, which I think is what human common sense would tell you to do. Like, Hey, I'm just going to not go there. 
his response was, uh, no, unity is so important. I'm willing to risk everything. Goes there, submits to the authorities at the Jerusalem church, even though they're in completely two different ministries. He's reaching the Gentiles. They're talking to the Jews. He goes, listen, we're in completely two different ministries, but I'm going to submit to you. And I was like, okay, cool. Could you um, do this ritual where you shave your head bald and sprinkle some blood on you? And he's like, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. Because <laughs> unity's just that important. It took you this long to ask? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I would have just done that for fun. <laughs> no, but like, in all seriousness, like, that was, it was so important to him. And now we turn around the day and it's, oh, well, I don't know if I can help there. That's that's the children's ministry I'm focused on. You're in the same city, you know. I mean, come on, guys. Yeah, and that gets back to that being willing to submit, yield, and to work towards something instead of saying, I have the right. I deserve this. Um, and saying, you know what? I give up my rights. And that's one of the things when it actually, when we do come to Christ, we actually give up our rights. Sometimes we forget that. And sometimes we feel that we still deserve or have earned something. But uh, as soon as we become Christ, we're his. And no everything longer. we have, no longer ourselves, we're his. And whatever he has, that's what we're faithful to do and follow. No longer I, but Christ in me. That's right. right. I think that's somewhere in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> something like, like that. <laughs> Man. <laughs> so... I mean, I, I lost my track of thought with that. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> if you if you were trying to come up with a decision, like one thing that you think could unify the church more, what would you say would be our best course of action? I think, I think that's it. Give us a five-point plan. Man, I'll tell you, it always it comes down to prayer. Uh, you, you got. We were talking earlier... Uh, and it's like, uh, prayer. Yep. Prayer. How are you going to fix this? Prayer. Um, what are you going to do about this? Pray. Um, truly and honestly. Fast hard drugs. No. <laughs> do that anyway. Um, uh, but, uh, uh, no, uh, I mean, honestly, once we, it, it, fasting though, really does. Um, biblical fasting. Biblical fasting. Um, when we're giving up and sacrificing and presenting ourselves to God and trusting in Him. These other things start to fall away or become aware. We're, we're more aware of, hey, wait a minute. No, that, that's maybe not an attitude I should have. Or why am I drawn to this? And we start to see how the flesh moves us and pushes us. And we're allowed to kind of push that away. And when we do those things, that, that starts to bring us closer together. Um, I've always said there's two groups of people that you grow close to. People you pray for and people you pray with. You cannot um, avoid it if you're going to be truly praying for somebody. And if you're praying with somebody, you are going to be drawn closer to them. It's just going to hurt us. Too much. Yep. So my ADHD subsided long enough for me to remember what I was going to say earlier. I've worked at a few different grocery stores for about probably five years. I was in the grocery store business. And one thing I noticed there, departments are really good at working together. If you're in Delhi, you know you're going to be working with the dairy department to get ham next to cheese because it sells better that way. And, you know, you think about it, and it's it's so easy at a grocery store to work within the departments and how to do that. But then sometimes, that's what we're talking about with the churches, I feel like we lack that. I mean, I think it would be, this is just me spitballing random ideas. But, you know, you see, and so, some churches do this, where, like, the kids serve the senior ministry. Mm-hmm. And they kind of work together that way and complement one another instead of compete with one another. Which I think that's sort of what you're going with, with, with the whole relationships thing anyway, right? Right. Um, yeah. And I see this, uh, partnering, 
with youth ministries for, you know, these kids, they move from children's ministry into youth ministry and whatever your time frame is before you have them involved in um, children's ministry. But partnering with the youth pastor to set up a program and to set up this training and discipleship thing where you guys can work together on integrating them into using them there, um, integrating them into the main sanctuary, um, finding out how you can do these things together to serve. And then once you have that, and I'll tell you, setting up um, consistent plans, processes, and expectations um, that, that that builds up to it, that you have this consistency from ministry to ministry that well, we expect this over here, but you only have to do this in this ministry. But if you have a consistency, now I'm not saying you should have the same requirements of someone who is, you know, um, they're a parking attendant as you do your lead teacher for the adult yeah. Bible study. I mean, if your parking attendant isn't ordained, then <laughs> what kind of parking attendant <laughs> is this? Doesn't count. Yeah. No, um, but I mean, you're uh, parking uh, in the West. Yeah, is that your spot? <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, finding the right maturity and levels for each area. But as far as as you're growing, if you're a teacher in children and you're a teacher in youth and you're a teacher in the adult Bible study, probably having similar expectations for them of commitment, um, spiritual maturity, and uh, those types of things. Yes. So. I see what you're saying in the local church. The whole church podcast, you know, we talk about the whole church. Um, can you see this in a larger scale, like it working this way, where maybe the Baptists work with the Pentecostals, who work with the Catholics? Can, do you think it's possible to see that kind of relationships, or are we forever divided? Uh, I think uh, some areas you, we see that coming together. I know in Charleston they had a CEC organization. Um, I don't remember exactly what that means, but I just remember the initials. Um, <laughs> Charleston Ecclesiastical something. Um, but uh, uh, they would come together, and it was all different denominations, but we would have um, prayer breakfast meetings, um, do that with pastors from the whole Charleston area. And we were up in Somerville coming down and uh, just meeting and coming together. Uh, you, you, I see this in some towns where, um, we'll work together for different projects. Uh, National Day of Prayer, we did that last year um, in uh, Central. There was a uh, pastor there of a Wesleyan church, and uh, he was just going around knocking on doors. Hey, would you like to help out with this? Uh, sure, what do you need <laughs> us to do? Oh, um, awesome. And uh, I mean, I, I can't remember um, what our participation was, but uh, I remember telling him, hey, at the very least, I'm going to be there and support you. Um, now, yeah. how many people are going to join in and commit to that? I don't know, but it, knocking on the door <laughs> got right. got that conversation that's how we started. Do it, right? Yeah, exactly. Spare prayer? Bible times. That's, that's how they did it, right? Yeah, and Perfect. so you know, um, I, I do Spare see this happening, um, partnering together and coming together, as long as we realize that um, we're not more important than the other person. Yeah, yeah. Humbleness is another thing we talked about. Humility. Yeah. Right before we turn this. On. Man, so with that, as we build those relationships, as we collaborate and kind of make intentional plans, knocking on doors, like what we were just talking about, what um, what what can we see? What do you think we'll see from that? You know, more as that happens, more and more. What difference will we see? I think people outside the church will begin to look and recognize that. Um, well, you mean will we recognize from our love, our love for one another? 
I think that's uh, actually that's how we're identified as disciples of Christ that's is our love for one another. Yep, not wearing a Christian T-shirt or listening to Christian music, but uh, <laughs> uh, love for one another. And so, uh, um, but no, they'll begin to notice that and identify that. Uh, uh, let's see, who was but that? Listen, Christian podcast that that works almost. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, <laughs> but I re- can't remember uh, who it was that wrote a book, uh, Unchristian. Oh. But uh, he wrote that book and uh, talks about how unchristian a lot of Christians act, um, how we don't treat people. But as we start to come together and work together um, and do outreach projects, they'll see, hey, wait a minute. There's something different going on here. Let me find out more about this. Let's see what's happening. Those guys, that's there's something. (laughs) They're doing something. They'll do that. That's exactly it. Anytime they see something different than what they would normally expect. So working um, in-house, it'll draw their attention lead to better outreach. Oh, yeah. As, well, especially as we work together with other churches and organizations and denominations in outreach projects. Um, That's- you can do it in community worship services. We did uh, that in Somerville. Had a community, um, I think it was a Thanksgiving service uh, for a few years. And community would come together. We'd do a service together. And that was great for the churches to build community. Um but when we can actually do it working together for an outreach project, for meeting needs of the community, then they're like, wow, wait a minute. Especially when we don't wear our church's shirt to those events. Yeah. yeah. Then, We're repping Christ. And, uh, <laughs> then, then we all come together uh, as one and they can see that they ask which church. We're like, well, um, we go to this church. They go to that church. And <laughs> there's about five churches involved here. Uh, they'll, they'll start to recognize that. We're supporting the whole church and not just one organization or one company. It doesn't look as much like a business or a. Sometimes it just looks like a brand, I guess. You know, the whole it can. Church, yeah. Yep. I mean, that's good. We appreciate having you. Um, one thing we decided we wanted to start doing, it's kind of an exciting new segment. It's our, um, what's that? Go and, go and be Christ segment? Yeah. Go and be Christ. That we want to just talk about, uh, we're giving an opportunity to listeners or people. To just email us in at our Gmail account to give us a story. What's that the account? Being Christ. Where um, would they email you? At? Yeah, the email is the whole church podcast at gmail.com. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. Link in description. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll drop that. We'll probably also close with it. Um, but we all just kind of wanted to go through just one like crazy Jesus moment we've had this week. So, Tiberius, did you want to start with that? Do you want me to start with that? You start. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, this week, I was at church Wednesday. The pastor was going over Revelation. Well, it wasn't the pastor, but the guy preaching was going over Revelation chapter 2. And it just kind of, one of those things, I guess, you, know, you already know something, but then it's like, you know it, like revealed. I guess that's the, the correct term. Um, just talking about all these different churches and different stuff they did good and also different stuff they did bad. And just kind of hit me up, man, even on my bad weeks, God just looks and goes, yeah, yeah, that, that, was, that was bad. You're still mine, though. Oh man, that's that's crazy. I was talking about it in the car, like even you know, we have people at work where they'll work, and if they had a really bad shift, I still at the end of the shift, I'm like, man, yeah, that was that was awful. They made my job a lot harder, but she's still my girl, you know. <laughs> You're like still my boy. <laughs> yeah, I should have gone first. Mine's gonna sound a lot worse, but uh, <laughs> mine's definitely more unorthodox because just recently I've decided to go back and play an old MMORPG that uh, a lot of people around my age played when they were younger called Wizard 101. Just because, you know, that little nostalgia, it's easy. It's just 
something to waste time on. Just, you know, I thought, you know, what? why would a 19-year-old do this? So <laughs> I didn't tell many people, but the way the game works is you're in a world with hundreds now, used to be millions, but <laughs> doing the same thing at the same time, and you can choose to team up with those people. And I've teamed up with four different people so far. Every single one of them has been in college. And it was just really, like, shocking to, no matter how odd you think your thoughts are, there's almost definitely someone else doing the same thing for the same reason. There's no reason to feel like, you know, you're the weird one, you're, what you're doing is bad. It's completely natural, and you're not alone. And I thought that was really, that was really a God moment. It's just cool. So, uh, for me, um, just thinking offhand, there was uh, I was in a service on uh, uh, one night this week, and they were expecting and hoping for a lot of children. I was brought in to um, speak and teach a bunch of kids, and we had five. And afterwards, they're like, man, I'm sorry. We were hoping for more and this and that. But uh, it provided a great opportunity um, because there was a couple kids there that – um, are used to going to church and they do the church thing and they know all about the church thing. But I was able to have like a real conversation with them and just talk to them about real stuff and, and real struggles and let them be open and discuss it. And, and you can see like it initially they're like, okay, great. What is this segment of uh, the service? Oh, this is the life application. But when they saw that they could actually talk and, and be real and, uh, um, be a person that's struggling with stuff. Um, I began to see something different in their countenance, their expressions, their face change, and they just kind of opened up. And uh, uh, for me, it was a great opportunity to think and look at that. Um, man, sometimes just doing things the way we've always done them um, and what people expect is good, but it doesn't always allow the opportunity for growth. And that's what these kids needed that night. Um, a couple of them just needed someone just to talk to and listen that uh, uh, they didn't normally have access to. Wow. And so it was cool just to see them awesome. kind of like, wow, there's someone that, you know. It's crazy because recording at the campground, the camp ministry that we yeah. do with Church of God of Prophecy that's touched me in similar ways, I won't say hundreds of times, at least dozens. <laughs> dozens. I'll look at dozens. I'll smell from a lot of days here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, to wrap it up, we had Jessica from Jacksonville send an email. And uh, her story was she was uh, at a Chick-fil-A, and the bottom of her milkshake just dropped out, and all of her milkshake fell onto the sidewalk. Then as she was going to her car, a gentleman ran up and gave her another milkshake. And she said she found out a week later that was a pastor of a local Baptist church there. That's cool. Right up and gave her, her his milkshake. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's that's how you be Christ. Get some milkshakes to be full. That's God's food. Yeah. Uh, I like frosted coffees. Sponsor us. I mean, me too. Awesome. Well, thank you all again for listening to the Whole Church Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, support us on Patreon. Please be well. You can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play Music. Stitcher. Uh, be sure to drop a comment on any of those. Yeah. And, uh, of course, uh, you can email us your stories at Gmail. We want to hear more stories of people being Christ in our local communities. And 
we're going to soon have there are some guests coming up. I know another one of my mentors from the Charleston area, Dr. Keith Sharp, is going to be on. Right. Uh, uh, Dr. Peter Bay. Local, uh, some more people from our denomination, uh, Christopher Galloway. And uh, big pastor guy. He's actually <laughs> he's in the room. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Mandy. Yeah, we have a live audience this time. Uh, Mandy McLaughlin. Mandy McLaughlin. Yes. And uh, Francis Chan at the end of this season. Yeah. yeah he just doesn't know it. I was gonna say, wow! Dude, nailed it! Yeah, it's, it's, hey, you guys talk to me! Oh, man.